Steve Taylor's Camino de Santiago. Episode 18. Astorga to Fonsebadon, Thursday 9th of September 2021, and Fonsebadon to Ponferrada, Friday 10th of September 2021. Today's trek ended in Fonsebadon, and my arrival in this tiny mountain village marked the completion of the penultimate stage of this year's section of my Camino. After the previous day's chance to soak my feet in the hotel spa, I started the day at quarter to nine with a bounce in my step and feeling in better podiatry shape than at any time during this trip. Not long after setting out at quarter to nine, I stopped at a roadside cafe by the name of Bar Restaurant Chris in Murias de Rechivaldo for bacon, eggs and sausages. A breakfast that the Spanish do very well, though they insist on using wieners instead of the Spanish variety of bangers, which are far superior, and they don't seem too keen on ketchup or brown sauce. As I was in the middle of this feast, Raymond, Dries and a woman from Paris arrived after a latest start from Astorga. Apparently Dries and his French friend had been drinking until about 4am the previous evening, so were a little bit tender to say the least. The three of them continued walking, though once I'd finished my breakfast I pushed on and caught up with them, and they were great company on the Camino. For the majority of the 25 kilometres from Astorga, the terrain was pretty benign, with a stop at Maison Cowboy in El Ganso, a notable stamp on my credential. This bar was one of those that I'd read about on Camino websites, and it was worth a break to refuel with a tortilla and tinto de verano. As we approached the pretty hill village of Rabanal del Camino, it became clear that the trail was taking a steeper turn. Dries had already booked a room in the best hotel in the village, and our Parisian friend decided to stay at a campsite in the village, leaving Raymond and myself to complete the last five kilometres to Fontaine-Bedon. It was quite a challenging climb, as the track was made up of broken up boulders, so it was tough going at times. This incline was not unexpected, and a further two kilometres tomorrow morning will take me to the Cruz de Ferro, the highest point of the Camino Francaise. This evening, I had a room booked in an albergue in Fontaine-Bedon, a rather dramatic change from yesterday's lecturing, but at a quarter of the price. As Santiago de Compostela is now only about 250 kilometres away, there is a noticeable increase in the amount of pilgrims on the Camino, with accommodation consequently in short supply, so I'm lucky to have a place to stay. I shared a small dormitory with three women from Frankfurt, who surprisingly for people from Germany didn't have a strong grasp of English, though we were able to communicate. As Fonsebadon is a small village near the top of a mountain, with very few options for dining, I chose to eat at the albergue, where I joined Christina and three French gentlemen that she had met on the trail, one of whom was engaged in a detailed discussion on some aspect of Catholicism that I didn't really understand. It was good to see Christina for what would be the final time on the Camino, as I didn't catch up with her in Ponferrada the following evening. You never know, if I'm ever in Washington DC or she visits the UK we might chat again, but that's the nature of the friendships that you forge on the trail. Today's steps, 34,400. Playlist, I Had a New York Girlfriend by Robert Forster and New World Record, Side One by Electric Light Orchestra. Fonse Badon to Ponferrada, Friday 10th of September 2021. On paper, today was going to start with a relatively short climb to the Cruz de Ferro, cross of iron, at Puerto de Fonsebadon. 
which has a monument to mark the highest point of the Camino at just over 1,500 metres. However, it turned out to be a tough climb, especially as it was quite foggy and bleak at that altitude. Not that I was complaining, with a soundtrack of Ennio Morricone's hauntingly atmospheric soundtracks for Sergio Leone's Spaghetti Westerns providing the perfect soundtrack for my solitary morning walk as I ascended to the peak of the trail. I set out at 8.15 and stopped off at the only shop that was open in Fontevedon at that time to buy some water and a couple of souvenir pin badges. The views on the way up were spectacular and the only regret was that the camera on my iPhone couldn't do justice to the beauty of the landscape. Many pilgrims place a small memorial stone at the foot of the cross usually brought with them from home and often inscribed with the name of a relative or loved one that they wish to remember. I was no exception to this tradition and for me this day was probably the most important one of my Camino. It was fitting that the token I had prepared to lay at the base of the Cruz de Ferro, a painted stone for my late wife Junko, was being added on 10th September, a date that was particularly resonant for me as it was 18 years and one day since she passed away. Fortunately, there was no one else around, so I was able to pay my respects to Junko on my own, and I took some photographs of her rock in place, as if I ever returned to Puerto de Fontebadon, I doubt that I'll ever see it again. The descent from the Cruz de Ferro was tough, as expected, and it would be no exaggeration to say that it was the most difficult I've encountered on the Camino. A lot of the time, the terrain was full of boulders, like a dry riverbed. Other times, the sedimentary rock formations created what if my memory of my school geography lessons is correct, are known as slopes of scree. Every step was an ordeal, and it seemed to go on forever. So when I saw the small town of Molinaseca, it was quite a relief. I collapsed into a seat outside a cafe and ordered a beer, as well as a bottle of Cass fizzy lemon drink, so that I could turn my beer into a shandy halfway down the glass. The final seven or eight kilometers of this stretch of my Camino would normally have been quite a gruelling trek, but after the rigours of the ascent from Cruz de Ferro, it wasn't too arduous. After placing my stone at Cruz de Ferro early in that day, it had made me feel what the Japanese call Natsukashi, nostalgic in English. So Joe Isaishi's soundtrack for the film Kikujiro no Natsu, Kikujiro in English, was the perfect backing music for this stroll in the Spanish sun. As I wandered through the outskirts of Ponferrada, the scenery reminded me of the small towns you find in rural Japan. All that was missing was the sound of the semi, or chikada in English. Ponferrada had an impressive castle, and the plazas were very busy on this Friday evening. The next day, Saturday 11th September, I was going to catch a train to Barcelona, marking the pausing of my Camino with, officially, 95 kilometres to go to complete the entire length. But in reality, a 210km stretch that will finish in Santiago de Compostela in July 2022. Over the past 12 days on the road, I had covered almost 280 kilometres or 174 miles, the equivalent of walking from London to Manchester. So I was pleased that I had managed to accomplish that feat without too many aching limbs. Today's steps, 44,998. Playlist, Ennio Morricone. Playlist featuring film soundtracks from A Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, Once Upon a Time in the West, and My Name is Nobody. Albums Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan, Led Zeppelin 2. Late Night Final, Richard Hawley, Hard Day's Night, The Beatles, Hunky Dory, David Bowie, 
Hikajiro, Joe Hisaishi, 